Web 2.0. Innovation. Trend. Collaboration. Software. Got the world turning as fast as it can? Hear how technology can help, legally speaking, with two of the top legal technology experts, authors, and lawyers, Dennis Kennedy and Tom Mile. Welcome to the Kennedy Mile Report here on the Legal Talk Network. And welcome to episode 17 of the Kennedy Mile Report, brought to you by Bill for Time. I'm Dennis Kennedy in St. Louis. And I'm Tom Mile from Dallas, although today I'm in Philadelphia. Tom, our podcast now has its own Twitter account that listeners can find at TKM Report on Twitter. It'll be good not to have to hear the podcast whining that it's so unfair that our book has its own Twitter account and it doesn't have one. Tom, what are we talking about today? Today's episode, we will take a look at the idea of lists on the internet and talk about some of the ways that lawyers can now make and share lists of useful information. We will give you an update on our Google Wave experiment in connection with the podcast, and we'll probably answer an audience question or two. And as usual, we'll end with our parting shots, that one tip, website, or observation that you can begin to use as soon as the podcast is over. But on to our main topic today, which is lists. It's getting to be that time of year again when people start making making wish lists, and uh, lawyers are people who like lists anyway, so we thought we'd tackle the issue of lists internet style. What really prompted us to think of this topic was the introduction a couple of weeks ago of Twitter lists, and I'll give a quick introduction to those of you who don't know what Twitter lists are. Uh, Twitter introduced this feature a number of weeks ago where users can take the people that they follow and group them or categorize them into lists. Uh, the Probably the way that it's being used the most is that uh, users are categorizing by different types of uh, interests or 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 law practice or you know there will be lists for technology lawyers there'll be lists for internet geeks there'll be lists for marketing experts uh, that that. Other that they can then take these and share them with other users to take a look at them. I've been work, working on these lists for a while, Dennis, and I have to say I'm not quite sold on the on the issue of Twitter lists. Why do you think this is such a big deal? Yeah, I think you you you've stated it well, Tom, and I th- it's it's a part of a, a great tradition on the web that goes back to the very beginning, and it's a way that we deal with with this sort of information over overload, the fact that information is scattered all over the place. Is we tend to make lists. I mean, I, I think when I look back at the first web page I ever did, which was on estate planning, I was creating lists of useful web pages that other people uh, could go ahead and, and use. And so you had the same idea, I think, in Twitter. You had the sense of all of these people were following all kinds of people and you had other people that were following you and it would be great to say well can I categorize these people can I find the best people in a certain area can I kind of share the people I follow with with you Tom or or you know how can I make more effective use of all this information that's out there in in Twitter and especially the people I follow um, and I I, to talk about Twitter lists I, and lists in general, I just want to give uh, a, a, a real compliment to to Dave Weiner, to to me, who's really key in this whole notion of of, of lists for for a number of reasons I'll go into. So if if Dave Weiner, people, if you don't know who he is, uh, is really involved in in the f- 
the earliest days and the founding and, and even the inventions of blogging, uh, podcasting, RSS feeds, and, and, and a number of other really important developments on the internet. And he has a blog called Scripting News, which I followed for at least 10 years. And he's very influential in my thinking about the internet and how we use blogs and RSS feeds. And so Dave was talking a few months before uh, Twitter list came out about how it would be great to, if you could kind of package the followers that you had and share them in some ways and, and to say, here's a, here's a list of people in a certain category. Or wouldn't it be great for me just to grab all of somebody else's, the people somebody else thought were worth following and add it to the list of people I follow? And then I would create these great lists, um, that we could share. And then I would have a better experience on Twitter. Um, because, because I could take advantage of what other people had found that was good and I could rely on what other people had found. And, and, and the important thing was that it could be shareable. Um, so that I think is, is a key element. And, and then it, it just started. And that builds on what was done, I think, with, uh, bookmark lists, with RSS lists, um, with other things like that. I mean, Tom, I, to step back from Twitter a little bit, I just wanted maybe we best place to start might be with bookmark lists, which is another useful way of showing how people can share information. And I know you've really done a lot of experimentation with the different uh, bookmark list tools over the years. You know, I think that bookmark sharing tools, you're right, are probably one of the oldest ways of sharing lists on the internet. And I've tried a lot of them, and I've uh, only until maybe the last year or two really um, started using them in, in in great detail. I, I The one that I have traditionally liked to use the most is Delicious. It's the oldest. It's probably the most established. It's probably the easiest to use. And one of the things about it is, is it makes it very easy to share bookmarks with other people. There are other types of sites. I think that Magnolia was one and and there were a number of other bookmark sites we can put post some on the on the internet. But Delicious really is sort of the 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 king of the space and it made it it makes it so easy for you to share a bookmark and keep it. Uh, in fact, one of the ways that we do bookmarks for uh, for, for this show is we will post uh, a, a, a website to our delicious uh, account and it will automatically appear in the friend feed room for the Kennedy mile report. So uh, it, it's, it's allowing us delicious allows us to share our bookmarks in other places, which make it, it makes it extremely useful. Do you use bookmark lists the same way, Dennis? Well, you know, I've I've shared bookmarks over the year. I, sort of my early website was really my first attempt to share bookmarks, and and I, I've sort of been less successful with bookmark lists over the last few years. Um, in part, in part, because they're sort of I, I find them very static, and and that's one thing I would say about bookmark lists to distinguish them from some of the other tools and in, in the evolution is that it's a list of links to. To sites, and so it doesn't really update. You might tag it, you might give a little descriptive information, but it's essentially a list of links of of something that you go back to. For me, the real evolution that intrigued me was was with the uh, sharing RSS feeds. 
uh, through through different lists. And there, the idea to me is, is the evolution. And then Twitter, I think, would be a further evolution of this. Would be rather than give me a static link that I would go back to that have to go back to the list uh, or to the site that's listed on on the list. That the RSS feed was something we, that I would subscribe to, and then it would self update on a regular basis in a way through it through an RSS reader. And that I think was a development that I again I attribute that to to Dave Weiner, and then Dave also created a a standard called OPML, which stands for Outline Processor Markup Language, which made it a really easy way to take RSS feeds, put together a list, save them in an OPML file that you could then give to somebody else. They could import that into their feed reader, and then they could be uh, subscribed to all the same uh, RSS feeds that you are and read the same blogs. And it's a great way to share information, especially bundles of information, say, on a project or a topic or just uh, interests that, that you have in, in common. And I know that, what, several years ago, Tom, I know we put together uh, – an OPML list of of the law blogs at the at the time, which gave uh, people who were very new to the whole idea of RSS feeds a way to grab all the law blogs at once. Well, you know, and and that's it's interesting you should say that because I have never I I've not been as big a fan of the OPML list. I've always wanted to like them because I think that they are a very useful way of packaging up um, RSS feeds and giving them to other people. But last week, I think it was last week, for the first time, I found a really truly useful occurrence for them when I was talking to a lawyer at a technology conference, and he said, "You know, I've just started using Google Reader to read RSS." feeds. I'm really interested in. Uh, I'm really interested in in learning more. What blogs should I be following? What do you think are the most important blogs? And I said, Hey, listen. Let me do this. Let me just take the feeds for a bunch of them and roll them up into an OPML file for you. I didn't obviously said that to him, but I, that that's what I meant. Is it was so easy to then take those RSS feeds and send them in a bundle to him that he was then able to import directly into Google Reader and start enjoying right away. Um, that to me, sort of solidified the immediate benefit of that. What I really wish, and maybe this brings us back around to Twitter lists, is I wish Twitter had the same ability. I wish the Twitter lists had the same ability to bundle those things up so that I I could subscribe to the feeds of those people on that list that I wanted to follow. Yeah, I mean, I think that if you... If you uh Take a look at what what Dave Weiner was was saying about Twitter and the idea of using using lists over the last few months. You would say that Twitter lists is an early implementation of that. I mean, Dave did some things of, on his own. I think so. Other other people have done um, some other things that they're sort of in the list category, addressing this the same kind of issue. And people tend to say, well, Twitter lists are a very early evolution, and some of the things that we would want will eventually evolve into Twitter lists. Uh, through what's known as APIs and other things, third-party applications, where you would be able to say, "Oh, I can, I can grab a list and choose only to follow parts of it, or I can do subsets of lists, or I, you know, I can do a number of these things." Where right now, I think 
Twitterless seem to have a, a kind of limited functionality, but the the potential is there. I, I, I did want to say uh, in our book, Tom, we also talked about other lists, and I think it's useful mentioning this to lawyers because I think you gave a, a great example of of how of the RSS feeds and OPML exactly how we'd use them. But I know when we did the book, we found uh, lots of other ways to to use lists, uh, you know, to do lists, shared to do lists, a lot of Web 2.0 list ideas that are out there now. So, uh, for a profession that tends to use a lot of lists, um, there's a great way to to have a list that you can access in a number of places because it's on the internet, and then you can also share with people as well. I agree. Let me come back real quick to to the Twitter lists and 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 mention that you know I know that Dave Weiner has has done the OPML for Twitter subscription lists at his RSS cloud that 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 we'll post in the show notes. I know that there is at least one site that I think is called Twitter Lists to RSS, which will take a a list that someone has created and turn that into an RSS feed for you. What I'd really like, though, and, and I use for those of you who are using Twitter who aren't using TweetDeck, you need to get it. It's a great, it's a great tool. I am waiting for the TweetDeck release that in that includes and integrates lists because what I want to be able to do is I want to be able to subscribe to a list in a TweetDeck column and then I can follow and unfollow the people at will that I'm seeing that are in that list because I I appreciate getting the lists of all the people, I'm not going to want to follow everybody there. They all may fall under that category, but that doesn't mean that they all meet, you know, they don't satisfy what I need to get out of Twitter. So, I'm looking for the right thing. It hasn't happened yet. I'm hoping TweetDeck can do it. Dennis, take us out on this topic. Where do you think lists are going? What's, what's, where are we headed with this? Well, I, I would say one thing that we're recording this on a Friday afternoon. It'll probably come out on Monday or Tuesday. And it's very possible that TweetDeck or some of the other uh, Twitter applications will have that feature in by the time people are hearing this. You're right. Because there's a lot of development in this area. Yep. I think we're at the early stage. Um, I, I think the, you know, there's a great benefit and there's this notion of curation and we might touch on this, I think, in the Q&A period in a little more detail. But uh, the potential, I think, of, of Twitter lists are when you have sort of trusted people who've made really great selections of of people to follow, and you can kind of piggyback on that. That, to me, is a great example. Now, I think people are experimenting with them. You see a lot of, uh, in the legal category, just people doing lists of lawyers who tweet, uh, which, I, I don't know, I mean, there's Lex Tweet is already out there that, that does that um, as well. And so, you, you just see this sort of experimentation. I think it's kind of hard to see how useful some of these lists are going to be. Um, but there, I've, I found some examples where they could be very useful. And, and there'll be certain situations where I think they can be especially useful as a way to, to follow a topic. I think Twitter lists for people attending conferences, uh, Twitter lists on develop, you know, rapid developments, all the things that Twitter is really great at on the real time stuff is, I, th- I think, where where this is headed and then leveraging that social element. So you go, I know that here are some people who I trust, who have great opinions, and I, I want to know what they're following. So, I mean, I think, as you said, Tom, lawyers are people who make lists and lists like Many other things become much more valuable when they're shared and when they're aggregated. And this is definitely an area I encourage our listeners to experiment in 
uh, a lot more than they already are now. Yep, I totally agree. Head over to Twitter and take a look at at our profiles and see where we're listed. Uh, look at other people you follow. Uh, look at some of the links that we're going to post in the show notes uh, to get you started with Twitter lists and other types of lists. Before we move on to our next segment, let's take a quick break with a few words from the Legal Talk Network and our sponsor, Bill for Time. Bill for Time tracks, organizes, and invoices your billable time. Time is money, and this legal billing software helps you keep track of both. All you need is a computer and internet connection. Manage your billable time on your phone, too. Great personal customer support and tutorials quickly get you on your way. Go to BillForTime.com slash LegalTalkNetwork and get a 30-day free trial of any level of Bill for Time subscriptions. That's Bill, for as the number, time.com slash LegalTalkNetwork. Are you interested in sponsoring programs on the Legal Talk Network? We'd love to have you on board. Contact our sales department today at 781-551-9960. And welcome back to the Kennedy Mile Report. I'm Tom Mile. And I'm Dennis Kennedy. Tom, let's do a little Q&A with an audience question or two. Well, before we get a question, let's kind of update our audience on our Google Wave experiment. Uh, For those of you who caught the last episode, we announced that we have decided to start using Google Wave as a conversation room of sorts, but between podcasts and a a place to uh, have people suggest topics and ask questions and, 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 you know, carry on the conversation so that after we've had a uh, after we've had a, an episode people can come and, and talk a little bit more about the topics that we discussed and I think that uh, it hasn't gone as as well as I'd like it to go I'd like more people to join but we've had a good number of people join the wave Dennis what has your feeling been about the experiment so far well I, I think uh, I have the same reaction most people are having to the Google wave experiment in the things that they've tried it it's it's uh, you know it's a little disappointing and it's it's a little confusing Confusing to use Google Wave. There's a great, and we'll definitely put this in the show notes, but Gina Trapani has a great uh, Twitter uh, sort of ebook manual that's available for free. I think if you if you work with that, you'll you'll do it. But I think it's it's uh, it's a lot more complicated and difficult to use Google Wave than than people expected, and so people are you know still kind of feeling their way around it. But I was I thought it was great last night. I I reminded people that we were looking for a question for the show, and uh, you know within a few minutes we we had a question from uh, one of the people who was on the wave. So uh, which I think we can go. To right yep, now, right? yep. Yeah. And that question had to do with our topic today. Uh, Daniel Schwartz asked the question, the lists, and he means Twitter lists, the lists seem novel and new now, but after a while, they seem to use utility. After all, how many lists of New York, New York lawyers do you really need? So my question is, will this list continue to have utility once people have created their first sets? What will be the continuing utility of it? Dennis, what do you think? Yeah, I, I and I, I told I told Daniel that I thought that was a sixty four thousand dollar question, and so the first example when uh, Dave Weiner does a, a podcast with I hope I get this name right I'm remembering the right person I believe it's Jay Rosen, and Jay was talking about how he had put together this carefully selected list of. Uh, people on Twitter who wrote about new media, and he had maybe four or five hundred people on this list, and he had 
what did I say, curated this list. So he had chosen very selectively, uh, chosen who you know people who had great content and uh, and what they did on Twitter. And he had this list of of all the people on Twitter who were thinking about new media. And that type of list is highly attractive, I think, if you're in that area. Um, what I see right now is people are saying, "Oh, I want to do a list," and so you're saying, "Well." I'll find all the lawyers or I'll find all the people in legal technology who are Twittering and I'll just kind of throw that into a list. And I think that um, is is a good experiment, you know, to start and see how these things work. But it, I do question the utility of that because what I want is somebody who's very selective. So I don't necessarily want, I don't think people really want just the list of people I follow. But if I did a list where I selected the people who I think are most influential on me in legal technology, I think that list could be very valuable. You know, in, in your case, Tom, the people in e-discovery or something like that, you say, oh, Tom's list of people who he thinks are on this topic, as opposed to just the list of people Tom follows, I think is very interesting. Then, as I said, I think there are some areas, you know, people who are at a conference, uh, you know, uh, the best people on who are writing about a, an event that's ongoing. And I saw this thing today, uh, which I thought was a great example, was one of the premier bloggers on Bruce Springsteen uh, did a list of maybe... 40 people on Twitter who he thought were the best people writing about Springsteen and, you know, following the shows and that sort of thing. And if you're in that niche, that's an incredible list. And so I think if you think niche, you think of, of who's, as I say, curating, who's putting together really great lists. That's where I see the, the utility of it, the sort of hey, I can grab all the lawyers, you know, historically, when you look at, say, you grab all the law blogs and stuff, it's just not that useful because the audience is so specialized in law that you don't, I don't think you want to see an undifferentiated list of lawyers. I, I agree. And I was listening to uh, This Week in Tech or maybe This Week in Google last week. And, and you know, they made the comment that uh, Twitter for so long has had sort of its own list of the most influential people on Twitter that uh, and, and those people would, would be the really high follower accounts. Uh, and, and the folks on the show were predicting that with the introduction of lists, with everybody being able to essentially create their own own preferred follower lists that those may go away from Twitter instead, and instead you'll have everybody being able to do their own. My only worry, and my the only thing that I'm not a fan about the list is that is that you can have your list of the most influential legal technology people on Twitter. I can have my list, and uh, why would somebody want to go to both of our lists and have to slog through it to get all that information? You know, I and and we're probably not the only two people who have legal technology lists. The fact that anyone can create it, uh, if you're you're relying on one or two people who you trust to to get the right thing, um, then you're probably doing okay. But what if you'd want to try out lists from all sorts of people? It's a it's a time consuming process. I I really think that Twitter list has so a ways to go. I I love the concept. I think it's going to be very interesting. I think lawyers should check it out and try it out. But I still think it's got some work ahead. Well, and I th let me just mention one one thing is that's that's where I think the tools are going to come in. So what if if you say that you say well okay there's you know there's twenty five lists of people who are doing legal technology you know people Twitter 
tutoring about legal technology. Well, if I have a tool that says, take those lists, pull out the people in common and and sort of automatically create a new list that I can, you know, follow on Twitter, then that becomes useful to me. Exactly. It becomes very useful yeah, to I me. Because then I aggregate the, you know, sort of the wisdom of the crowd and to a certain extent. But there's more like the wisdom of the trusted advisors or people who are knowledgeable on that. And then I say, I'm just grabbing the common ones because I don't want to have hundreds of people I follow. I just want to have the best ones. And, and that is where, like I said, I think... That's um, that was the idea about listing before we got to Twitter lists that Dave Dave Weiner and Jay Rosen were talking about that was highly attractive to me. So if any developers are listening, you now have your marching orders from Dennis and Tom on making Twitter lists useful. Dennis, let's take it out with parting shots. Now it's time for our parting shots. That one tip, website, or observation that you can use the second this podcast ends. Tom, take it away. I actually have three parting shots. I'll do them very quickly. The first two have to do with lists. Continuing on the list uh, recommendations. I have, until recently, not really used the internet to do to-do lists. I prefer to to keep my lists separate. I have become an unabashed addict for Remember the Milk. I love Remember the Milk as a to-do list. It is uh, a just a fantastic to-do list program that also has uh, an iPhone version. That's another reason why I like it so much. Uh, it's it a, a great to-do list. There are a lot of them out there. I highly recommend that one. The other one, now that we're getting to the holiday, holiday season, the other list that I recommend you check out is Amazon's Universal Wish List. They've always had wish lists where you can add things from the Amazon store, but they now have a bookmarklet that you can put in your browser that when you, and I've had this for a while, but that you can, you when you are at any other place on the entire internet, you can click on that bookmarklet and it will add that item from any store anywhere onto your Amazon wish list, which to me is very valuable if I want somebody to see stuff all over the place and not just on Amazon. So uh, go to Amazon, Google Amazon Universal Wish List, and it will get you that bookmarklet. The other one, uh, the news that came out just this week uh, is that LinkedIn and Twitter are now connected. You can now update your Twitter status from LinkedIn. Not sure if you can do it vice versa or not, but uh, I'll be definitely trying that out shortly. You will be able to, uh, using a hashtag, update your Twitter status automatically in in conjunction with your LinkedIn status. Dennis? And I want to go simple and in a way back to the future. And, and I was interviewed for an article uh, this past week and they were asking me what software should every lawyer use. And I said Adobe Acrobat Professional. That's sort of my standard answer. And part of the reason I, I say that is because I, I think the ability to create PDFs uh, is is really essential um, in the way that I use the internet now. And so and I, I go back to the very basics of PDFs, and I think people sometimes forget this, that what PDF was about is, is a printer format, and that when I'm... That basically Adobe Acrobat can become a printer choice for me. And so I see a page I like on the internet. I print it as a PDF. It saves it as a PDF. And instead of printing it out on paper, I now have a, a, 
an Acrobat or a PDF file that's searchable. I keep all the things I find on the internet as PDFs in a little folder called research that's searchable. And it's a great way to go. And and then I also saw the other night, uh, there's a, a Firefox plugin called web to PDF. And we'll put a, a link to the show note free. Um, you go to a page, you save it as a PDF. And it's just that simple notion of saying, I am, you know, not thinking of something complicated, clipping, anything like that. All I do is I print as a PDF, I, I get a PDF file that I saved and I can go back and I can print out on paper if I want, but I basically saved it on my hard drive locally. Because one of the big problems to go back to bookmark lists is that pages move, pages die, and the great stuff you find, you might never find your way back to because the link is dead. If you save it as a PDF, uh, you have it. So, Tom? Excellent tip, Dennis. And that wraps it up for this edition of the Kennedy Mile Report. Links to the topics we discussed today, as well as how to follow us on our blogs or on Twitter, will be available on our show notes wiki, which is located at tkmreport.com. We're also on Twitter at TKM Report. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast at the Legal Talk Network site or in iTunes. And if you have questions or suggestions for upcoming episodes, please email us at tkmreport at gmail.com. So until the next podcast, I'm Tom Mile. And I'm Dennis Kennedy, and you've been listening to the Kennedy Mile Report. Keep us on your list. Thanks for listening to the Kennedy Mile Report. Check out Dennis and Tom's book, The Lawyer's Guide to Collaboration Tools and Technologies, Smart Ways to Work Together, from ABA Books or Amazon. And join us every other week for another edition of the Kennedy Mile Report, only on the Legal Talk Network.